to The Uncertainties, the podcast for 20-somethings who don't quite have their shit together yet. I'm your host, Karis, and I started this podcast because the last few years have been a huge learning curve for me. Entering the world of work, moving out of my family home, trying, and often failing, to live up to the challenges of being a fully-fledged adult. It can be overwhelming at the best of times, and I know that I'm not the only person who feels like this because I'm going to be speaking to a bunch of my friends and people that I admire about the struggles that they have faced and how they are able to absolutely smash life. Today's guest is one of my closest friends. We met seven years ago at uni when we were just young, naive souls. Just studying the same course. Since graduating, she's gone on to achieve so much. She went travelling alone, an experience that's very daunting for many. She's also lived abroad in South Korea to teach English. She is so ambitious and brave and a massive risk taker, which is why I love her and another reason that I wanted her on the podcast. So welcome to <laughs> I really fucked <laughs> up, but you know what? It's okay. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm really good. That was like quite overwhelming when you say such nice things about me. I'm used I to know. you being so. I'm mean. always trying. <laughs> I'm trying to get people to cry when I do it. I'm just like, oh, oh. a little tearjerker there. Yeah. But how are you getting on? <laughs> Not crying, sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm good, thank you. What have yeah. you been up to? How's life? I mean, working from home is actually beautiful I love it because... you have got a beautiful home to work yeah. from home in yeah I'm quite lucky moved into the flat in February well 29th of February which I feel like is super lucky because obviously leap year oh my god so yeah. how does that work in terms of your rent because First if you're like March. oh I was like does that mean that one year is every four years I kind of feel like it should I think it should be I'm too. not gonna lie and I've got quite a good relationship with our landlord so I might like... is that the type of thing that's like a bantery thing and then when it gets to it you'll be like hey hey what do you think Claire <laughs> go on Claire help you a sister out <laughs> <laughs> the last time I saw you we were actually drunkenly uh, doing the WAP dance at about midnight, yeah. which was that pretty was epic. Strong. Um, <laughs> I actually video... found that video today and I was like, oh, I... that's incriminating. I sent that video out to people and then I actually... Tilly, what? Yeah, I, I also sent it to someone I was dating who actually <laughs> deleted it off their phone because they were like, that is so embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for you. Oh, and God, I was that's, like, well, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> fair play. Um, and then also insulted my jeans. That's a and bit I was rude. Like, well, that's, oh, obviously, no longer dating. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Sack that you person. Know, right I mean, that wasn't the reason. The WAP dance, I would like to say, was not the WAP. The, the WAP. The WAP. The WAP. That was so posh where you said the it. The WAP dance. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this workout, Courtney Black challenge. Yes. So I've been doing that. And then that was my first week of doing it, where I basically was not eating enough and soon learned that I was not eating enough <laughs> after the first, second bottle of wine. Um, wow, okay. Set, and then do we the remember me bottle. doing tr- attempting the cartwheel, which has been my lockdown challenge? Oh, I do. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not one to do without a sports bra on, we've established. <laughs> We'll leave the rest to the imagination, but yeah, there was uh, there was a lot exposed that evening. Did we get Nothing we haven't seen before, to, and uh, I'm not complaining. That's all I've got to say. A workout work challenge, yes. I mean, it's not exactly as much changed for me, but I mean, mentally, it's definitely been something. That's been it's really good. good. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, because I've been as a obviously, you know, I've played netball for many years, mm. and this year, of December, do I? <laughs> Never forget your Why face. Shut up about it. it. <laughs> Can you go, Klaus? Um, 
mentioned that before you went traveling mm. by yourself, mm. you were at a bit of a crossroads in your life. You were feeling quite uncertain and you didn't really know what to do. Is that why you decided to go traveling? And why were you feeling so uncertain at that time? Yeah, so I, I suppose it's kind of weird to project myself back into that Tilly because yeah. I think I've not Transport been... Transport I suppose if I think about it, so it was post-uni, I'd graduated, and I'd met all these amazing new people at university, including yourself. Cheers, um, mate, cheers. I know, I was actually feel weird saying you, giving you a compliment. Now, but, you know, there you go. I was thinking um, the first time that we ever met at uni, you just told me that I stank. because I didn't I'd, tell you stunk. You did. I, I, I you said, did. have you just come from the gym, which you had. <laughs> And I respected it. <laughs> you, it was less of a statement and more of like a, have you been to the gym? And I was like, whoa, okay. You then chose to be my best um, friend after that. So that is true, actually. But yeah, no, so um, I think I graduated and everyone, a lot of people I'd known had done this whole, had done a gap year or they were going to go traveling. Mm. And it was something, I remember speaking to my friend Sabu about this, who you know well, she was mm. one of my netball friends at uni. And she was like, Tilly, if you're going to go traveling, like, you just need to book it. And I was really nervous being like, I want to go with someone. I, like, yeah. I don't want to do this on my own. And then I really thought about it. And I kind of always been in a position where I'd had to kind of, do I want to say kind of anymore? Uh, where I'd had to um, support myself. My parents are the most amazing people. When I was at uni, my mum was like renting rooms and stuff, helping me out, which was great. But in terms of traveling, I'd when we as a child, whenever we'd gone on holiday, it was always either to France mm. to like my mum had some friends somewhere and we a group of our families would go there. Um, or we were going to see family in Germany and Poland. And those were essentially our holidays. It was great. But I'd never been out of Europe. I hadn't been on a plane till a school trip when I was 16. And I knew there was a lot more out there and stuff yeah, I wanted to do yeah, and wanted yeah. to see. And um, But they also had always said to me, if you want to go on holiday with your friends and stuff, like we're not going to pay yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, that's on your back. Yeah, my the, parents are the same. Exactly. I think it's quite normal. Yeah. But I think I was really conscious that if I was going to earn all this money, and I'm a bit of a pushover, as you know, like I'll mm. be, I, I love my friends so much, I hate saying no to people. So if someone wants to do something, I'm usually like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, you know, why not? But I was like, actually, Tilly, if you're going to earn all this money, you got to commit to work it. Yeah. really hard for it, and I really did, then you're going to have to make sacrifices. Make sacrifices, yeah. and why don't you just go on your own? And so you don't have to do something, maybe do something you don't want to do. Oh, I see. So right. My, so that was kind of what spurred the whole solo decision. Right. Because I was like, I don't want to work someone else's schedule. I want to earn enough until I feel like I've earned enough, and then I want to go. And I don't want to, because I, I, I'd been in conversations, and one friend was like, oh, I'm going. So I, I did see some people at different points out oh, there. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being kind of. Uh, rules my own like do you know what I mean like, just being yeah 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 not having to live by anyone's it was quite it, I, it was the first thing I've ever done alone like, I, I suppose it sounds stupid looking back at it now because I'm such an independent person now yeah I, like if there's one word that I would use to describe you it is like headstrong and independent like you're very comfortable doing yeah like living by your own rules and doing things I'd say by yeah. yourself that's really kind and I think that's something that's happened to me now and I didn't realise at the time because obviously in uni I'd gone to the same uni as my sisters had gone to and I mm. had twin sisters that very similar age to me and I'd always grown up we're a three with this and then I'd always had lots of really really close friends that I'd stuck onto and you know do things with and so it was the first thing I felt that I'd ever done alone for so you, it was and, yeah. and for me as well that I could just be completely selfish in. and obviously you know you're I was absolutely terrified and I'll tell you what got through me through that trip was the Moana the soundtrack <laughs> 
<laughs> not Lord of the Rings. No. Moana. Moana. Yes. Oh. I listened to her on the plane. The to I her. Am Moana song. Yes, to her. Oh my God. Yeah. That's and honestly, good. It, it it's me... incredibly empowering, that song. It, it really yeah. is. And I remember being on the plane, crying my eyes out. Oh. And just being like, yeah. And then the longer I was out there, the more comfortable I was, the more friends I've made. Like, I still meet up with some of those friends now that I made. Yeah, there. it's lovely. So, so nice. Yeah. What exactly was it that terrified you at that point where you were crying on the plane? Was it just like the idea of landing, being by yourself and being like, I'm going to leave this airport and I've got no idea what I'm doing next? Or is it, was it like the idea of, because you're, so easy to get along with and you're so good at making friends so I don't imagine that was the thing that was daunting to you but that actually was the thing really that was to me. so that's funny because the first week I kind of knew what I was doing oh okay but then after nice that to ease I yourself didn't. in. Okay. exactly so that wasn't the worry I think the scary thing was that I knew that this journey I remember being on this plane and my friend Ellie Ellie Whitehead she'd written me some letters one to read on the plane and just think just really oh, empowering oh you know like, that's that's going to be a you know joker, and yeah. like Alice would have like done me a little diary and so it was very oh. cute I had some notes to read, but and they they were kind of reassuring notes and just friends being like you. You are you know you're strong. You've got this, and people will like you. But I do also think I am, and I noticed this at uni when you kind of that's the first time you really have to start making friends afresh. You you know I'm quite a big personality, and sometimes. And I used to really, really care what people thought about me. Mm. And so if one person didn't like something I, you know, something about me, that would... God, you'd like obsess over it. I would obsess over it. Yeah, oh, I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really daunting to me, travelling, because I was like, I'm going to have to meet these people. I'm going to... Yeah, what if I, like, grate them the wrong way? Yeah, Yeah, kind of, like, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, that that was a big, big thing for me. So that was what I was so uncertain about. Like, what if, essentially, people don't like me? And what if I fail? Like, what if I don't go out here and have this experience what if the whole time I'm as scared as I am right now right because I guess the issue as well is that every person that you speak to I mean I've not met a single person who's ever said that they hated traveling everyone adores it like it was the best experience of my life I learned so much I did this and this so I imagine if you yeah that's quite a lot to put yourself to be like oh this has got to be the best time of my life exactly (laughs) and if it doesn't live up to the best moments of my life then I'm failing at it which is quite a big um, what would you say is the the thing that you learn about yourself or a few things that you learned about yourself while you were out there so I learned to stop obsessing about the small things that people if someone doesn't like you that's absolutely completely fine Mm -hmm. because you're not going to get on with absolutely everyone and that's okay Um, but I actually learned that I'm a really positive person and I I didn't realise that about myself but yeah that's what I learned because in bad situations and in tough times and I'd hear people complaining and moaning and stuff and I realised oh I'm not that person I'm actually quite uh, really optimistic yeah, I feel. I feel. So. I think you're a very optimistic person, yeah. definitely. Thank you. But um, <laughs> no, actually, but also think about like the. Sorry, I I think the key thing I forgot to mention, which everyone commented about when I came back from traveling, and which yeah. I really did notice, was my confidence. Yes, I became this confident human who loved myself. And it's the first time I can say in my life, and it's like what everyone tells you should be in your twenties, and I finally had it. I was like, oh my god, I love, I love myself. Oh, such a nice feeling. Yeah. I love that. I love oh, I actually do remember you coming back and just having such a glow about you, and also just like an actual natural tan glow about you. I was like, this girl is <laughs> fire. Did you ever do any places completely by yourself? Like, what, can, yeah. What What was the longest time that you spent by yourself? So I only had someone with me for two and a half weeks. The rest of the time I was by myself. So I was away for about four months, four and a half. Oh, wow. So, 
yeah, I was completely by myself. Oh, actually, no, sorry. Like I said, the first week I was with friends. But otherwise, I was completely by myself. I did, in New Zealand, I did the Kiwi experience. Um, but I think, yeah, pretty much as soon as Azra left me in Vietnam, like... Like it was, yeah, it was just, and then I, and that was the scarier, I would say, stuff because it's it's not the Western world, which is not scary. I I actually liked that mm-hmm. the most. I appreciated more like being in Laos, which is was the least touristy. I found that was so cool because yeah. I really got to experience. I made I was on buses where I was the only Western person, and I got to kind of. I remember some woman just giving me her baby, and I just got to play. And you know, I love babies. So I, <laughs> I just got to play with this baby. Her name was Coco. Oh. Coco. And we couldn't speak the same language at all. Oh. And like we were just kind of communicating the through smile. Language. And we were on this coach yeah. for 32 hours and I was just literally playing with this baby oh, for so about cute. 20 hours like, and then sleeping for the rest. <laughs> but, and I had obviously no internet signal for any of oh, it. And yeah. I, I had finished my book and so I just remember that these some of these sleeper journeys I would do, and a lot of the time, like I said, I was with you know no one I knew, just on my on this bus for so many hours on my own, and I would just think about the first meal I was going to ask my mum to cook for me, and I would spend hours thinking of the details, sometimes writing notes on my phone of wow, like, what okay. I expected. Of what you expected? Absolutely. What Come I on, Carol, wish. What, your life what, what did you go for in the end? I went for a lasagna. Good choice. Yeah, with garlic yeah. bread and my, a starter. My sister chicken would really approve of that. She absolutely mm. loves lasagna. Yeah, Gorgeous. yeah, it was strong. It was it was a really good dish. Yeah, she delivered. Yeah, Carol she did. Delivered. Good oh, old Carol. Love that. Do you feel like you brought the same feelings when you um, decided to move to South Korea? Well, that was a completely different situation because that was very much on a whim and that was coming out of a really dark place that I'd done, made the decision to go there. I'd, you know, suffered for a bit from anxiety um, yeah, for the first right. time in my life and had panic attacks um, and quit quit the job that was basically a really bad situation that was causing that for me. Right, so you were in quite a toxic environment, in, were you? Absolutely. And kind of, am I right in thinking you had a, a really horrible boss? Yes, I had one of those. And that's what kind of induced the Completely. anxiety. So yeah. I came back from traveling like, what the hell am I going to do? Where, like, found this kind of job in a startup. When I, I always knew I wanted to go into communications, mm. but I was basically doing everything. I remember working a 17-hour day and having an hour break and him telling me, where I'd got ready for this launch thing we were doing and him telling me that I had a bad character. And I was actually like, are you kidding me? I've not oh slept. God. Like, I painted the walls of the thing. Like, oh I was like, don't come at me. Anyway, so this is a really, t- and he, basically, like, he was awful. He, like, didn't end up, like, doing loads of, like, paying me for loads of stuff. Yeah, and I remember. It was a really toxic environment. So, and it, Oh, and that's really horrible because you've obviously just come, yeah, to go exactly to go from coming back feeling like you are finally yourself. You're like the most confident, best version Mm. of yourself, and for that to be then completely shattered by this one awful human. Yeah, and actually, my so we've got some really close family friends of mine, John and Claire, who. They live sometimes in England, sometimes in Spain, and they they live very close to where my parents were, live, which is where I was living at the time. And they have a dog, and they would just let me come around all the time. And I could go take the dog for walks, or I could go and talk to them. And it was that kind of those people that you can talk to as adults that had been through stuff that weren't that like weren't your parents. Mm. And they really and they would never speak unless I spoke about it because that's my way of dealing with things. I don't 
if people ask me, I shut down. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I you need to be the go. one to will, like willingly offer the information. Yeah, and that they were the only people I opened up to about it. And it was weird because mm. I never thought I would do that. And then, so basically, I managed to kind of, I quit the job um, and I really took it some time, took a month of my life basically out to deal with the anxiety to kind of get rid of it and sort it out. Um, and then just did some, and in that month, pretty much decided I was going to go to Korea. Um, and then I met a guy classic <laughs> who I really perfect timing I know this is, this is such a classic Tilly obviously really liked that guy um, mm. and it was going you know it was going in such a great direction yeah but I was going to Korea and I think in classic Tilly fashion that always put a kind of mental block being like I know there's I have this thing yeah. looming I can't like open myself up and we, you know, we continued talking during it and we never made it official because I was like you know I'm not doing that I'm not yeah, doing the long distance it's too thing. hard I think yeah but it ended up obviously not working out and those things do and then I met a lovely guy in Korea so everything happens for a reason mm. but that was I when I so what I, back to the initial question <laughs> when, I, when I went to Korea instead of being like worried about can I do this on my own because I actually knew I could do it on my own I've yeah. done stuff on my own it was like can I leave this amazing person that I've met? Can I sacrifice what could be something so great to do this? And then when I got there, it was like, I know I should probably, like, I'm not going to fulfill my, have this real experience unless I am, like, completely single. Completely immerse myself and in I, yeah, like, let go of everything, uh, yeah. But I just didn't have it. I couldn't, but also then I couldn't, like, do it to my heart to be like, I need to, like, get, like, you know, stop talking to this person, whatever. So it was a, it was a really, and I, I really thought I was going to leave at one point. Uh, the first few months, I really just didn't think I could do it. It was heart and head, you know? And yeah. I wrote this poem, actually, which really helped me sort it out. Really? That's, poems, just, that's what I, what I write them they kind of help me make my decisions make sense of your feelings and yeah. your emotions i love that yeah i'm yet to read your poetry because i don't let anyone read my poetry karis you know that i'll find it i'll find it <laughs> alice has been looking for years really <gasps> yeah, challenge <no>. accepted <laughs> would you say that because of the situation that you found yourself in before and because it was so um attached to such negativity that you wanted to completely transport yourself to an environment that was so different and that's why you chose South Korea. Like, why did you choose South Korea? Yeah, so that's a good question. Because like, you don't know many people who are like, I'm going to move to South Korea. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so Nowadays, bold. way more because you've got BTS, you've got all those people, you know, the, you know. I mean, K-pop. Well, K-pop. I, I've thought many a time that if I could, you know, give everything up and become a K-pop star, I would. You're far but... too old, Karis. Let's get over that. Really? Oh, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. When they're six, um, they start training. Oh the best days. Okay, that hurt. Actually, yeah. Um, my older sister, Louisa, was she was an actual teacher teacher and she was living in Thailand. And I was like, oh, that's really cool, like really sunny, different to here. And I and I love teaching. I've always I'd worked with kids for many times yeah. and I obviously love the English language, was what we studied at uni. And my, mm-hmm. my focus was language over literature, because I love just love everything about language and sociolinguistics. So then I was looking at different places I could go. And to be honest, the pay for career was one of the better things. So let's just put that out there. <laughs> pay definitely was a thing. But um, also, so 
then the history of it, like I'd studied the Korean War. I thought that was really interesting. Oh, really? What, at school? In history A-level, yeah. God, I never got to do anything that exciting. But yeah, so that was, I I didn't do any research. So I went there thinking it was sunny all the time. In the winter, it was (laughs) minus 20. Luckily, people took pity on me. But yeah, so I didn't, I hadn't done too much research into Korea. So I didn't know much about it apart from the history of it. But the current day Korea, I knew fashion was huge. Mm. Um, Not that I'm a fashionable person at all, but I just knew it was a big thing there. Yeah. Um, and I knew Korean food was really interesting. I knew it had a lot of kind of, um, almost, I like to say Eastern European flavours and the pickled flavours, which yes. is kind yeah, of a home yeah. away from home for me because obviously I grew up on Eastern European food. So I was mm. like, oh, great. And then a job, I applied for a few jobs. I got offered jobs in China, got offered jobs in Thailand, but Korea just sung to me. I, don't, I, I just went with my gut, to be honest, yeah. on that. And I was just like, yeah. I'm doing it doing it you mentioned I mean you've kind of already touched on it that you had a periods where when you were in South Korea you really strongly felt like you were going to come back Mm. you really struggled I remember you um because the the apartments there are really really small I remember you doing it (laughs) I I love you so much but I remember you giving me like a tour and you were literally like so this is it and I was like oh like the kitchen you're like no no this is this is it I was like oh like the like just one room you're like no no no, this is my whole apartment and it was so studio flat it was so tiny and I was just like oh my god bless her heart she's got to spend the next however many months in this tiny tiny apartment luckily that first one I was only in for three months Um, I mean that's that's really claustrophobic and you're there by yourself Mm -hmm. like that must have been really I cried I sat down on the bed and Mr Kim had helped me bring up my spags Mr Kim Mr Kim great man (laughs) didn't didn't speak to me ever um, but I always said hello to him. Um, oh. And he sat me, he brought my massive suitcase up, sat me on my bed and I was like, okay, like, tried to explain things to me. He, I didn't speak Korean, he didn't speak English. It was a very like, this is what this does. Mm. Had no idea. Also, there's no keys. Everything's a code. So that yeah. was also really weird. So it, I just cried. I just cried and cried and cried. And I was like always ringing the guy. I remember that I was I was saying. Mm. And, and I was just crying to him all the time, being like, oh my gosh, what if I've made this mistake? Blah, blah, blah. And you know, he was very supportive. And my family were really supportive. Yeah. Because I'm sure that they saw that you've done it before. And they saw yeah. how much you thrived in that situation. So I'm sure that they had no doubts that you could do it again. And the yeah. tricky thing was as well is that... And this will sound not tricky to some people, but it was for me. Was that every? It was really Americanized. So right. the Koreans, the, the the home comforts that would be there were American home comforts. There were not British home comforts. Right. So I didn't meet any British people. In fact, I was such a loser that how I made friends. My first kind of I, the girls that I taught with. There was three other girls, and they they took me for dinner like the first night, and they were kind of my friends. They were all American, nice girls. Not my kind of like, not my. People I would be friends with, do you know what I mean? Um, But really lovely all the same. I remember walking in the park and literally seeing a non-Korean face because it's a really like... um, there's not many foreigners in Korea, mm. so not many non-Koreans in Korea. Yeah. So if I saw someone who's not Korean, I, you know, you always smile to each other. But there was a girl I remember walking in the park and I was like, waved at her while I walked past and... She said, oh, hi. And I heard an accent that was not American or South like, African. I was like, praise be to Jesus. I was like, that is a Northern English accent. So then we just start chatting. And this no is how I felt like I was asking her on a date. I was like, can I have your number? <laughs> oh, my God. I have been taking the piss out of Emily in Paris. I don't know how I've got <laughs> I've myself. I've not seen it. Oh, okay. But 
she meets someone in a park and I was like, that would never happen. And you've just completely proven me wrong. And now I feel like a goddamn fool. Lee and then Liam, this Welsh guy as well. And so they were like my two English friends. Everyone else was American, basically. And it was really cool. So then we like, I started doing stuff with them. They've been there for a few years. And like going to stuff with, basically just inviting myself along. And Lee (laughs) completely took me under her wing. Oh, so lovely. And she was such a But you always need someone like that. Completely. What are the biggest takeaways, would you say, from living abroad and would you do it again? A hundred percent in a heartbeat would do it again. Yeah. I, 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 I also encourage everyone to live abroad because I got to know another culture, which was really cool and call another place my home, fall in love with like another place completely. And again, it's just the confidence thing. It just shows, it shows you that you can thrive in the society that's so opposite to what you know and make it your own. And it just, and it, I think, to be honest, my life there feels a lot more my own than my life here. Really? Yeah. For what? In what? In for what Ray? For what? For what Ray? <laughs> <laughs> it's just that when I was there, everything I did, that from the decoration to the friends I made, the, you know, people, the family I made, the boyfriends I chose, the 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 how I would how I would spend my time, like the trips I would do. Mm. It was all my decision. I hadn't, like, I wasn't externally influenced by pressures of seeing this friend and that friend and that friend. Not, obviously, I, I love seeing those friends, you know. But in, in London, my life, I've got, you know, things that I've been tied to for many years and things yeah. I do almost because they're habitual, tradition, or, habitual, yeah. exactly. And, and you know, things I know and every, every, uh, things I know and uncomfortable, so I therefore do them. Like, pubs mm. I go to because I've been to them for years. Whereas here, like, in Korea, everything was new. Yeah. And so every, yeah, it just felt. Yeah, like no um, inhibitions. Yeah. Yes. And it was just Tilly's world. Like it was, it was my world. It was my career and no one could take that away from me. And everyone had come from such different backgrounds that I met as well. So no, we can't compare and contrast. We were just all unapologetically ourselves. Oh, I love, yeah, to just be all completely authentic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was the, that was the most inspiring thing. I wanted to do a bit of a U-turn back to role models because I found this so lovely. I love the fact that you you said that one of your biggest inspirations is your mum. Always. Um, And as someone who I also agree that I think my mum was my biggest inspiration. But I wanted you to talk a little bit about that and why she's been such a big kind of role model for you. First of all, she will absolutely love this because it's something I probably don't tell her enough. But my mum is... A really strong woman. She's had some really hardships in her life. Um, you know, she grew up in a single parent household, being the eldest sibling and coming from a really poor background and just made so much of herself. And, you know, she's so talented. She speaks five different languages, um, but never been one of those people just like striving for the money, striving for the money, had started her own business and, and and overcame a lot of stuff, you know, health wise. Yeah. She had, you know, she had breast cancer and then she had to have hip replacements from that. And then she had a problem with her feet and stuff. And so she just, 
growing up as a child, I never, I always thought of my mum as a strong woman. And to think that someone's a strong woman when they go through these things, like, like, like cancer, and she was the first of her friends to get it. She knew no one with it. She was really young. Mm. Um, and then like the hip replacements as well, when she was such an active human. And then just to see them still kind of bossing it and being like the head of the PTA, yeah. the church warden, <laughs> you know, uh, still the head of the twins club. Like, you know, she was still bossing it and doing all these things and cooking dinners and, you know, reaching out and being an amazing friend to her friends and it was just something I was like there's no stopping my mum like even and she might she would probably say to you she's not a successful woman um, in terms of like career and stuff but I would argue the complete opposite yeah like how do you define success I mean and I think probably one of the hard things for my mum was when my friend died growing up and she had to kind of deal with me dealing with that yeah and being a parent to someone who's going through that it was really hard and I, I think that's probably where my closed emotional nature came out mm, mm-hmm. um, and I became a horrible human for about a, a, a year of my life because I was dealing with that and just yeah, not, an incredibly not difficult time. understanding yeah. how to and she just yeah she she just helped me help me overcome everything and uh, my but and my dad as well actually and this is one thing I got from my dad my dad's always told me you will you can heal yourself mm. and I'm I'm such an advocate of if you know you can go to counseling and and do those things anything that you understand will help yourself mm. but for me my dad telling me that and he would always tell me to go for walks and just go and talk to myself and work out what was the best way yeah. for me to get over things and that so I've learnt walking and walking without music in and sometimes having a cry when I'm walking yeah, my own yeah just like being emotionally in tune yeah with yourself and then like and then that's also how I found the writing of the poetry yeah so both my parents have help me in that sense but then looking yeah just I think looking at my mum and looking at what she's done and how she's just how she's just navigated life yeah. and like with such like positivity um but also in terms of just like really um strong women you also talk about just surrounding yourself with really wonderful female friends friends yeah. You are um, referring to yourself, I know. <laughs> obviously, this is basically uh, the opportunity I want to take to. Uh, <laughs> no, you you talk a lot about um, how much you value your female friendships, mm. um, and I think it's just really important. I, I really do value my female friend. I've grown up always, you know, like I said, having sisters who become your who are your best friends, really, yeah. aren't they? Um, but at the time, you hate them. And then just always had amazing friendships. And at university, you know, and, and just also through being a netball player as well. <laughs> uh, you're, you know, you're around these strong women you trust, you have to trust instinctively. Yeah. And, you know, playing at a good level, then you you really are experiencing that. And then also being on committees at university in netball, then you're working with these people and you're really seeing their value. And yeah. it means so much to you at the time. Having these female friends in my life, really powerful. And the reason you mean so much to me, Karis, is because you're one of the first people that I met, you know, just off the bat kind of thing. Like yeah. it wasn't through, it wasn't through a sport I loved. It wasn't through halls. It was, we literally met in a lecture and it was just... Love at first Sparks. Sight. Sparks were flying. Sparks flying off the gym. And No, but you had my back through uni. So you kind of became that that best friend for me so it was kind of outside of my other groups and you brought me into a new friendship group and introduced me to people and and just kind of that friend I chose to have we are I really count myself lucky that the people I surround myself with and the friends that I, I I've chosen and that have chosen me are genuinely good people that love me and have my best interests at heart and vice versa and it's just it's beautiful god wow Woo. oh my god am I gonna tear up
haven't really spoken that much about... Well, actually, we have kind of touched on relationships. Um, but that is the one thing that you said that you were feeling quite uncertain about. Oh, See yes. how I tie that you in did. so well. Um, <laughs> not at all. But um, I just wanted to chat a little bit about that. How you found COVID dating. We have actually spoken a little bit yeah. about this already. Like I said, I, my, I, it's some of the greatest times of my life. I've had some really amazing men around me. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, yeah, of romantic relationships. So I don't regret any of the any relationship I've had I think everyone's played a part you know regard and I don't really think I've had bad endings of them but like you know regardless of how it's ended they've just been really good parts of my life so yeah COVID dating I took a break actually so at the beginning of COVID I was just not sure what was going on yeah um, and so we were talking about my female friendships my best I have like a, a few but two like best guy friends Brad mm. being one of them Billy being the other Brad takes the mick out of me so much because I'll be like, I'm having a break from dating, which I did in October and I had a three-week break. And then I was like, he messaged me the other day, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm going on a date. And he was like, Tilly, you're actually full of shit. <laughs> he, I mean, he was like, you said you're on a break. And I was like, yeah, I took a three-week break. He was like, that is not a break. I really enjoy dating. I think I, find I think it- I would be awful at it. It's hard because you would be so good at it. I find it really interesting finding out about other people. So I love, I mean, God knows I'm a nervous talker. So (laughs) I'll talk their ear off for the first hour. And if they're still there. No, I really enjoy dating because I think you meet amazing people. Everyone's got something to say for themselves. And if they are a dickhead, you don't have to see them again. And it can, I've got some funny dating stories that come out. I mean, I've walked into a blooming gar, I've walked into a glass door on a date. (laughs) No. Where no. I went outside and was like to him, oh my God, do you think anyone saw that? And he was like, no. he was laughing. He was like, no, no, don't worry. A lady from inside the restaurant came out and was like, oh my God, honey, are you okay? Everyone <laughs> saw that. <laughs> You've obviously spoken about um, anxiety a yeah. little bit and you had a bit of a relapse this year, which I think is more than understandable. I think you'd find it very difficult to find people who haven't really struggled this year. Yeah. And obviously then um, when you had that really difficult and toxic environment with the boss, yeah. which was what, in like 2017, um, what yeah. have been your biggest coping mechanisms to help you in the, cope with your anxiety that you could maybe yeah. um, pass on to other people? Absolutely. So it's something I'll always say is... Ev- Everyone's everyone does, different. Everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone deals with things differently. Some people will really benefit from talking to other people. Mm. I personally don't. <laughs> I personally like to deal with it on my own. So I actually, I go for long walks usually in like a scenic area, uh, have my phone switched off or just have music playing and so no text can come through. And I will, I will physically talk aloud to myself and talk the situation through. Sometimes I have new music on um, and I try to, yeah, just try to be away from someone and work out what's upsetting me, why I'm having, like what's stimulating this panic attack or what's stimulating this anxiety anxious episode you know obviously I'm not doing that whilst I'm having a panic attack like I will have you know you have it and then you deal with it and crying is so good because <laughs> I don't cry enough yeah. and when I cry it really it's a real like emotional release isn't it yeah you almost get that headache sometimes after you cry and then I find in the moment after the headache is when I actually get the cla- clarity. clarity and I'm like oh and then my poetry I write sometimes I think people find like a lot of people find it handy writing just a diary entry or writing something down I've always kept a diary yeah exactly Exactly. Yeah, like, and it's helped me so much. I, a lot of my friends do, and you can look back into it and you can be like, yeah, wow, this 
this is how I was feeling. And for me, I don't know what I'm writing when I write it and it just mm. comes and it's not like a rhymey poem. It'll just be like something and it's not something I, I don't share any of my poems with anyone. They're completely for myself mm. and they usually help me make a decision. And, but when I, I will say one thing is when I have spoken to people about it, so my recent episode, like relapse, I was, I was in a kind of precarious position when I had the first panic attack and it was the worst one I'd ever had. Um, and I kind of, I was in central London and I basically like blacked out and I actually had to ring my sister because it was suddenly like just safety wise, like I needed yeah. to get, I needed a safe space. And I need, I needed someone to look after me in that moment because I was mm. like, okay, this is not good because I've never had that before. That's really scary. It was, it was so yeah. scary, but it was also, I mean, like I'm really lucky when I've had these, this suffered with this anxiety or with panic attacks, it's never been for longer than a month and I've only had it twice. Mm. So I can't generalize my situation to other people's. Yeah. But... When I did open up to my sister, actually knowing that she wouldn't ask me, are you okay? And she completely, she like was like, okay, I've never had this, but I understand that you're going through this and you're having these panic attacks and you're not one, like, you. this isn't the kind of thing you would, you would usually open up it's to like me. It's like out so she, of character. It's, yeah, and she she just didn't be like, she wasn't like, are you okay? Mm. She let me speak about it when I wanted to speak about it. And I had that, like I said earlier, with the family friends. Yeah. If I, if I approached them, I spoke about it, like, they would just listen. And so when I when I did open up to people, that was quite cathartic. But to in the sense of helping myself, yeah, writing and walking and talking through it, they were really good. What would you say? Final question: You are feeling most certain about my friendships, and what would you say you're feeling? the least certain about right now my relationships okay romantic relationship right but it, like not in a bad way yeah and I think if anything like, I'm uncertain just kind of what the future holds in that sense yeah that's quite exciting though I think it, it can be it can also be quite depressing <laughs> I live with two girls <laughs> in full loving long term relationships and I am the single one so there are moments <laughs> No, I can imagine. I can imagine that being <laughs> quite tricky at times. But, oh, well, you know what, girl? It seems like you are smashing the COVID dating scene. So I can't wait to hear how it's going in another three weeks' time after your supposed breaks. Um, Tilly, thanks. Thank you so much for <laughs> bearing yourself, having such a wonderful chat, oh, talking to me through your whole life. Um, and sharing all of your experiences. It's been really lovely. Thank um, you for having me. And I'm sorry you've had to put up with me talking about my whole life, literally. I love... Are you kidding me? I love it. That's literally why I started... I feel like I should be paying <laughs> you to listen to all this. And it's been so lovely to have you no, here. thank you. You're such Please a good host. Please come back anytime. Well, I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow then. <laughs> um, this has been The Uncertainties. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.